When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business. Greetings of the day, my fellow listeners, and welcome to another edition of Building Better Businesses. I am your host, Steve Eschbach. I currently own a franchise here in Chicagoland called Transworld Business Advisors. I am one of seven or eight, I think, now in Chicagoland, where we assist owners confidentially sell and match them up with qualified buyers. Transworld Business Advisors, by the way, is the largest and fastest growing business brokerage in the world. In addition to the eight or so in Chicagoland, there are about over 200 of us worldwide and we are in 15 countries. So uh, we primarily handle the small and middle-sized market businesses. And again, if you're a business owner looking to uh, confidentially sell, we're the ones to help you uh, and match you with qualified buyers. We also assist business owners if they want to expand by acquisition. So it could be a strategic or a financial acquisition. Or if you're a business owner that wants to expand via the franchise model, one of our sister companies has been involved with well over 2,000 franchises. So they know everything from marketing to the documentation needed to get you down the franchise route. And last but not least, we also do franchise uh, sales. If you're an executive in transition or anyone for that matter, looking to uh, purchase a business that is a franchise, we can assist you in that endeavor. Well, I am delighted today to have someone who's going to talk a little bit about energy and how to guide you along building better businesses. So Shaveen Moran, is it correct? Yes, Siobhan Moran. Mm-hmm. Siobhan Moran, and you are the founder of Energetic Solutions, and you've worked with Fortune 500 companies, tech startups, attorneys, biotech, transformation experts, and et cetera. You have a number of uh, books out there as well. Welcome to the show, and thank you for your time. We look forward to hearing your insights. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about Energetic Solutions. Is that uh, a large conglomerate? Is it a small independent consulting firm? Tell me a little bit more about Energetic Solutions. Yeah, we're mighty. (laughs) We're small but mighty. We've got a team in different parts of the world, but uh, mostly here in Southern California, and then the rest in other parts of the country and the world. And, you know, our mission is to really help an entrepreneur, a CEO, somebody who is a leader, who has a mission, they know that they want to get from point A to point B, and they're stuck. And they may be stuck in their mind, they may be stuck in the mission, they may be stuck in how to make money and really see things through in a way that's, 
you know, really going to help them have a long standing prosperous business. Yeah, that is great. Great to know. Now, I have interviewed a number of guests. A lot of them are consultants like you. There are other circles of influence type of people. And you characterize yourself as a spiritual warrior. And you are the first one who has had that title, so to speak. So what do you mean by spiritual warrior for business success growth? Yeah. So one of the things that most people say is business is is just business. And I always say business is a journey of your own spiritual self and taking whatever hurdles that you need to achieve and looking from a perspective that are about your values. And often those values come from family, friends, loved ones, and your own spiritual center. And we don't think of business much as growing our spirituality or spirituality growing our business, but an entrepreneur or a small business owner, that's for sure. It will be the greatest spiritual journey for anybody. Like the dark night of the soul, that's a spiritual journey. (laughs) So speaking of family and friends, I typically ask my uh, podcast guests to go down memory lane a little bit. So rewinding the videotape, let's talk a little bit about your childhood. Where were you born and raised? How is your family's influence, particularly your parents, on you in your development years and how you got to be where you are today? I know that's a long-winded question, but many of us have childhood dreams and that doesn't turn out to be what they eventually become. So tell us about that journey, if you will, and how you got to be where you are today. You know, funny thing, I didn't, I've thought about this a lot about having a childhood dream of what I wanted to be. And and I don't have a specific thing I wanted to be, but I do have a couple memories that are prescient to what I'm doing. One, I remember when I was little, like three, and I could, you know, kind of predict things. And I was saying things that just made sense to my mom. And she said, don't tell anybody. And I was like, okay. So I lived like that and I became very introverted. And I didn't know much about my dad's business other than I'd go and I'd hang out with him on every Saturday at his office. And maybe I'd file some papers or, you know, talk to the people who came in and he sold insurance, business insurance, actually. And it's really fascinating that I never thought of it as an entrepreneurial thing. You know, it was a small office. There are a lot of folks in the office. And I just thought it was kind of cool to go help people and help them find a solution. I didn't know what solution I was providing. I was just being there as a kid. But I remember at 11, I wanted a sweater and we had, it was such a small town and it sounds like it was 400 years ago when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We had an account and I could actually go into a store and put it and say, put it on my dad's account. That's how small the the town was. So that was Pennsylvania. And so I wanted this sweater and it was out of my budget. (laughs) They wouldn't let me have it. And they said, I don't know if it was they, but I kind of recall that it was they said, if you can figure out how to make that, you can have that. And so I decided that I was going to mow the lawn of the biggest lawn in my neighborhood. And it turns out it was very fortuitous because the older woman said, oh, well, our gardener just disappeared and we'll give you a shot and we'll pay you whatever. I'm going to say, I don't remember what, I don't, we'll pay you something, but it was a lot to me. I thought that's great. So I took the lawnmower down, you know, (laughs) and I mowed this woman's lawn and I became her, you know, lawn mowing person. 
and I do the other gardening, but I, I mowed the lawn and then it grew into like 10 or 15 customers where I'd mow their lawn. So I made the money and I could buy whatever I want. So that was my first foray into business. It was fun. And then in the winter, Pennsylvania, I shoveled snow because I decided that I needed another, now I know the language, but I needed another stream of income when the weather changed. <laughs> so it's interesting. You uh, actually developed a little bit of diversification at a young age, knowing full well. Now, if you're going around the block, you may notice that a lot of Dunkin' Donuts are also partnering with Baskin Robbins. So you sell hot chocolate on a cold day, you sell ice cream on a warm day. So they've got the diversification already mm. set. Yeah, that's cool. And I think the next pivot is my, I was bored in school. I was kind of getting in trouble. I wouldn't go to school. I would get straight A's and I was bored. And my mom was looking for something. And when it, you know, in such a small town, the schools are kind of limited. And the closest thing that's, you know, really going to be a stretch is like an hour and a half away. And so, you know, that's not easy, at least then. And, uh, you know, in the wagon train days, just kidding. <laughs> but but uh, they had this program for kids that they were developing for computer programmers. And my mother, when she came up, was she got married late in her life. And she actually did something in the computer programming world, like IBM or something in Pittsburgh. And so she said, we're going to go and we're going to look at this and we're going to look at this school. And so they enrolled me in a computer programming school. And so that was half of my, half of my school day. And I was kind of good at it and I really loved it and I had a lot of fun and I got out of regular school. So yeah, so I started programming and coding at 14. So that's a big pivot and that shapes who I am and how I help businesses today for sure. Well, that's interesting. And uh, it goes to show you that you kind of went after your passion. So uh, while you were bored in one area, you found uh, some uh, interest and uh, developed expertise accordingly. So that was good. You know, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, you being at the right place at the right time. One of the things I've often observed is that you just never know. And you knocking on the door of one of your neighbors who needed the lawn mowed, not knowing that their gardener had gone away and you just happened to be at the right place at the right time. So I strongly believe that you just never know and visibility is okay. key and you happen to be at the right place at the right time. Yeah. So, yeah. so here are a few questions that are on your little uh, your sheet here. And I think I want to ask them because I think I get a lot of good answers out of you. Tell me what it is that really inspires you. Mm, seeing somebody's journey in their business, their, how they deal with their life and their business and communication, seeing that they're having all of those connections and seeing them make more sales, treat a customer better in a way that they never thought possible before, expand their sales. I love doing that. And really getting people to understand how to be online as well as offline and how those two can fold together in a way that isn't really complicated. Having been a coder, I get how that can be complicated for most people, but I really am about how simple can I make it for somebody so they can make that leap and they're not breaking their own uh, unique vision or mission or their own values. They're actually deepening their values. So yeah, I love that. Seeing the lights go on and the profits go up. 
Is that something that's clearly evident when you meet a client? Is that something that kind of shines through or is that something you have to probe to kind of get that out of them? What do you think? I have a very unique way of accessing that problem. I'm kind of a very good business detective in really understanding you know, it could be a psychology thing. It could be a marketing thing. It could be a finance thing. It could be, you know, so I'm, I'm very good at those unique type of questions to get to the root issue. Yeah. So is that, uh, that's probably during the course of your first introduction to a new client, you're kind of asking these questions to figure out what is it, the issue that they're having to get them to kind of improve themselves or something. We have a 10 page intake form that helps them open their vision, open their eyes to some things. And it's not like, it's not questions apparently that anybody else asks is what I've been told. And just that process gets things gelling and moving ahead for somebody so that I can go in deeper because I tend to like to go into somebody's circumstance and get really deep and thorough and, you know, then start figuring out all of the things that we can do to take the next step. Does that often surprise your clients, those revelations, that intake? Does they finally say, you know, I never thought I had that weakness or I never knew that was out there. Is that the kind of thing that goes off in your clients' minds? Totally. They'll say, oh my God, you're like a business savant and nobody could have ever gotten this out of me. Somebody said to me the other day, I asked this one question, I don't recall what it was, but his sales were stalled. And, and I said, do you, you know, let's take a connection of here and here and some other things that we'd been working on. I said, Oh my God, I would have never gotten that a hundred years. It would have never happened. Had you not put those together? That's not something anybody could do for me. So yes, a lot. Yeah, that is so interesting. And uh, for many business owners out there, sometimes we often think that we are alone in our challenges and no one, no one out there goes through what we do. And it turns out that many of them, many of them experience the same things we do. In fact, they're probably looking for some advice from others. Now, speaking of advice, what is the best advice you ever had? And in turn, what's the best advice that you think you've given anybody you meet? I can tell you the best advice I ever had. That's for my dad, being an introverted kind of person, young woman, and not knowing how to, you know, really bridge conversations and make it easier for myself. He said, so if you don't know, this is what you do. You make sure you feed somebody, right? Give them food. So basically, if you're feeling mad, sad, afraid, worried, stressed, you go feed somebody, you hug somebody. You make somebody laugh, right? Or you give them, you teach them. And that has stood the test of me and helping all the thousands of clients that I've helped to that in and of itself is powerful because if you're stuck, it's you can go and feed somebody else and see that they're maybe not in the circumstance that you are. You could go and teach somebody. And I teach a lot of folks and it's really good advice. As far as the best advice I've ever given, gosh, I don't know if it's the best, but I will say this. If you have an idea or you have something that you've already started in, no matter what it is, you always need a sale. And if you don't know how to sell or if you're afraid to sell, then we have a problem and let's fix that problem immediately. <laughs> 
lot of sense. There are many of us. And I'll tell you, quite frankly, I'm a finance and accounting professional. And now that I've owned my business and I've owned many businesses over the years, but a little bit of sales and marketing has got to kind of come out of you. And I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I don't know any, oh, I don't know everything. I know most things, not everything. And I don't hesitate to reach out to the subject matter experts to kind of give me a little assistance where needed. So let's go a different direction. Uh, who are your mentors out there? Is anyone you look up to that has kind of guided you to where you are and people that kind of... Been, you know, I don't have specific mentors other than my dad. Yeah, my mom was, you know, one of those tough mentors as to you'll figure it out kind of tough. But I would say the big mentor that kind of sticks in my brain is Ogmandino. That was the, the greatest salesman in the world. And it really wasn't about sales. It was really about self-growth. You know, that's a good one. And I would also say, you know, as much as a lot of people don't really care for him, having been a coder, I understood Apple. So I really studied and read everything I could about Steve Jobs and how he had this concept of customer first, you know, really making sure the customer proposition was essential. I, I would say those are two big ones. I mean, I think they're probably books that I've read and things like that. But the Augmentino really, I go back to that. Yeah, that's a, that's been a good one. Um, so how would you define success in yourself? Mm others that you meet? How would you define that? Well, I can't talk about others that I meet, but I can talk about myself. My definition of success is how much have I contributed? How many lives have I touched and helped today? How many lives can I touch and help today? And whose life can I make better? And of course, there's a monetary component to that because that means you want to have a better life, but that's not the first and foremost. It's really of service and it is give, give, get give, give, get. And I think that that fuels me and that makes me feel successful the most. That sounds good. So how about your greatest challenge that you've ever overcome? Uh, you say you're introverted. It seems to be, and I don't know you very well, but it <laughs> seems to be you've overcome your being an introvert. Am I right about that? Or am I wrong? Or is that? I'd say I'm kind of an ambivert now. I've trained my introversion out and I figured out how to communicate. I love helping people. And that in and of itself helps me get out of being introverted. It, but it's easy to just, you know, want to sit back and, and watch and observe. But uh, I love helping people too much to do that. And I see too many challenges in businesses, particularly today with small business and so many people getting to small businesses, that there's a lot that we can connect with your own spiritual principles to how you make money, you know, accelerate in prosperity and really unleash yourself in a way that is unfamiliar because we've been taught so many biases. Um, in our childhood, that if we don't learn how to overcome those, we're not going to succeed or thrive or feel fulfilled in the way that we know we can. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's many, many bullet points here on your summary sheet, but there's two of them I want to go through, and they're kind of related. So mm -hmm. one has to do with exhausted to energize and hold on your comment there. And then it talks about stress less than two minutes. I think those two are kind of related, but you read those two and it almost sounds counterintuitive. If you're so stressed out, I think you want to throw in the towel. If you're exhausted, you really don't have enough to get back to being energized. How, do, how does all that tie into 
what it is that you do, how you advise your clients. You know, you asked me about one of my biggest challenges I had overcome, and it was getting sick and nearly dying and healing myself. Um, That was one of my biggest challenges for sure. And that actually yielded the stress less than two minutes. And the fascinating thing about that, after I healed myself and actually a bunch of CEOs wanted my help because they were like, I don't know what you've done, but you're doing something different. (laughs) And I had come up with a sequence of how to meditate. And, you know, nobody was really teaching meditation at the time. I was like, listen, it's really just about stress less than two minutes. And if we don't take and and take our breath and make it as important as, you know, getting an email out or getting a marketing thing out or going do this thing, our breath is actually going to either stress us out more because we're not breathing or it's actually going to help us breathe and de-stress and get some toxicity out. And so if we're exhausted, we're doing something. That's how I got sick and misdiagnosed and nearly died. So I was exhausted. And um, it wasn't that I knew how to breathe properly. And I didn't take care of my physical body properly. And I realized that there are some really core, simple things that we can share with the world that can really help people take and and digest the less stress stuff to two minutes and to really, really change who they are and how they show up for their team, their company, their the people who come into their store or into their emails or whatever. So they're not always on fire. I think society today is so driven by response and everything being on fire when, and of course I live in California, so everything kind of is right now. (laughs) So we have to learn to breathe and and really get back into our bodies. And as soon as we take that idea of this, this little two minute chunk that we teach is to really help bring centeredness in, bring clarity in, and it actually helps you sleep better and have more vitality. So it actually is what I call an upper trending result. So it sounds a little bit like you need to take a little pause every so often and kind of evaluate where you are and then kind of be able to handle everything because life can be overwhelming. And if you're trying to conquer each and everything in one fell swoop, that's a little bit of a challenge. But if you take it in pieces, I think that's what I'm hearing you say, or am I not getting that? Kind of. So rather than think about things, it's don't think about things. So before, you know, apps and all this cool stuff, I had this team and and I would say it, it was the Cosmo minutes. And okay, ding, 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 we have two minutes for the Cosmo minutes or, or whatever. Mine was the Wall Street Journal. But, you know, the staff, it was just like, okay, the Cosmo minutes and you have two minutes, great. Read something that is completely divergent from what you're doing, but you only get two minutes anymore. You got to stop. And that's not the exact system we teach, but that's what we used to do. And it will help people because if you take things and you divert your brain for two solid minutes to something else, you'll actually come back, have more energy and be more creative. And you'll probably be smiling because you've taken a breath or a hundred in between. And so you've really given yourself a new kind of a new two minute break. And rather than just a couple of times a day, you know, put it in your calendar and put it in your planner that dings you <laughs> like yeah, 10 times a day. 
Yeah, I remember concept learning Microsoft Office early, early on is that putting white space in your calendar, which I think is kind of what you're talking about to take that moment to yourself. So Mm -hmm. yeah, you do need to kind of take that breath and refresh. Siobhan, I'm sorry to say we're running out of time here. Is there anything my questions didn't cover that you want our audience to know about? Anything we didn't cover that is an important uh, uh, component that you want to share with our audience? Mm, I would say that our internal, uh, you know, there's something important about our intuition is really pay attention to it and take action on it sooner. And if you don't know how to take action on it sooner, then reach out because that those intuitional hunches or nuggets actually give you fuel to take a route that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily, but is actually going to yield a result that you wouldn't otherwise expect. And those intuitional hunches are not ego whenever it's a positive thing of like, go do this. It might be a stretch for sure. Um, and it might be a little bit more expensive, but on the other side of it, you're going to be shocked that if you say yes and figure out how you will do amazing things. I think that's a big thing to help your group. Yeah. Well, that's very good advice. I appreciate that. Last question I always ask, where can we find out more about you, your company, how you can help people out there? Where do we go to find all that out? Yeah, go to Siobhan Moran, S-H-E-E-V-A-U-N-M-O-R-A-N.com. And then we've got three ways to go. We've got a business assessment, a toolkit, and uh, some things about energy. But yeah, go through all of them. That'd be great. Yeah. And there's uh, quite a few videos on there. If you like the ocean, one of our opening videos on our homepage talks a little bit about oceans and uh, how you get that energy. It's really inspiring. So uh, I encourage all of you to do that. And listeners, thank you so much again for joining us for another edition of Building Better Businesses. We've got a uh, a variety of inventory and guests on our list. So be sure to check that out. And of course, join us next time for another opportunity to, to listen to how to build a better business. Thanks again. Have a good one. The Building Better Business podcast is the best place to learn how to take your business to the next level. It's no longer enough to earn good profits. You need to develop a network of connections as well as use all types of marketing to your advantage that will put you over the edge. Hosted by me, Steve Eschbach, a financial executive with decades of experience in dealing with businesses and business people, we'll learn how this all comes together. Join me and my expert guests as we delve into the many facets of owning the business and how to become a good, caring business owner. Listen how making a difference in your community can attract all sorts of clientele, which in turn will build you a better business.